the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. As we march... Towards the end of the year, I want to remind you, now is a good time to take a look at everything you got financially. Whether, for me, it was this weekend looking at all of my, I still have a couple 401ks outside of my main 401k. Um, So I looked at some of the older ones that I haven't merged together. It's just like one or two. And I was like, oh, I got to do a little cleaning up here. The reason I thought about that is recently the market performance is skewed towards small mid-cap and international stocks outperforming large-cap stocks. My stock portfolio is mainly made up of mid-to-large-cap companies. My 401k is mainly made up of um, assets like large-cap, mid-cap, small-cap, international, and income. So I was like pleasantly surprised that on an old 401k that I haven't looked at in years, it's relatively small to me, $40,000, that I had an overweight in small cap and mid cap. I'm like, we're catching up now. But then again, I was like, ah, I've left like four or five years of underperformance because I had too much small cap and mid cap and not enough large cap. My psychology, my psychology back then was something along the lines of um, small cap has better risk reward over time. I was wrong. Not that's not what it quite was, but it was like uh, take a bigger swing. So, long story short, we all make mistakes. Time to take a look at what you got. Do a quick inventory before the end of the year, whether it's this investing, insurance, four hundred one ks, whether it's your savings goals. Take a good look. Let's talk a little bit about the stock market, shall we? Um, one of the things I, I like to do on the first day of the week is talk about year-to-date. Year-to-date, the Nasdaq's up 41.5%. The S&P 500's up 229 Let's call it 23 The Dow Jones Industrial Average up a very nice 12.5%. Now, the S&P 5, the S&P mid-cap 400, mid-cap stocks, up 13%. The Russell 2000 up 12.7%. For weeks and weeks and weeks from the year, we were talking about the S&P mid-cap up 2%. The Russell up 1% or down 2%. And then the month of December happened. And you could probably say November as well when we saw a widening out on the stock markets. Last week was a busy week for the stock market. It left the major indices with solid gains. The Dow closed at a new record high. Building on that um, during Friday's session, while the S&P 500 closed above 4,700, its highest level since January 2022. Um, all-time highs for all the markets are relatively within reach. And many of them will be taken out in 2024 on the thesis of lower interest rates brought to you by the Federal Reserve on the idea that inflation has peaked and it's come down and it's now starting to hit the target zones where, oh boy, we're cooling down fast. 
you want prices stable. You don't want them inflating or deflating. Deflation could be just as bad as inflation. And the last piece of the puzzle is rents and housing. And rents are coming down quickly for 2024 expectations. Um, and that should put us below the Fed fund target rate of 2% because we're at 2% if you exclude uh, rents. So we would be lower if rents continue to march lower. Corporate defaults have risen all year long. U.S. companies' debt default rates have been historically low since 2021, but have ticked up all year to the historic average of 4.1%. I want to keep an eye on that. I want to keep an eye on distressed companies and how we get capital into our capital structure. The ethanol industry got a big boost. The Biden administration is going to recognize a methodology favored by the ethanol industry and guidance to companies looking to claim tax credits for sustainable aviation fuel. So making fuel with corn. Corn lobby loves this. You mean everything we plant gets sold? It's not just corn on the cob. It's now jet fuel and gasoline. Um... The push comes as the global aviation industry, which counts for about 2% of global energy-related carbon dioxide emissions, is trying to decarbonize by any means. Elsewhere out there, there's a theory playing into 2024 that there's $6 trillion in money markets, and that money is going to help fuel a 2024 market rally. Rumors are that the fear of missing out could fuel uh, more stock gains in 2024 as investors look to play catch-up. However, an important part of this conversation is that much of these funds haven't come from the stock or bond markets. Instead, they're coming from traditional bank accounts and products with a lower yield and are simply consumers shifting their assets to higher yielding products. I heard a cute way of discussing the markets recently called the seven weeks of gain miss. I hate it when Wall Street becomes cliche. We've had seven up weeks. So now we're starting to play with stupid things like gains miss. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. An In-N-Out Burger opened its first location in Idaho last week. So many people lined up trying to order that sloppy burger. The wait time was eight hours. One Idaho resident said, who cares? It's a hamburger. Kind of agree on some levels. I kind of agree. I'm not one of those, oh, In-N-Out is gospel. Baby boomers have a reputation for criticizing younger people's work ethic. Um, it looks like boomers are working harder or at least longer than the generations before them. The shares of Americans age 65 plus working this year was almost double that of 35 years ago. 19% of people 65 plus are working versus 11% in 1987. It changes how you get your social security, changes how pensions before 401ks can be drawn down. It's got a lot of financial ramifications. People are obsessed with Costco's gold bars. If high purity gold is on your shopping list alongside a 48 pack of fruit by the, the foot, Costco has you covered. Costco customers bought $100 million worth of gold bars last quarter. And before you think this is a big gold bar that's going to drop it, it's going to break your foot. You're talking about one-ounce gold bars. One ounce. Teensy, teensy. It feels a little weighty in your hand. If you've never played hold gold, it's dense. The South African-made gold bars were going for twenty sixty nine ninety nine. 
just about 35 bucks above the price of the uh, gold. The bullion is available exclusively online and only Costco members can order them. I'm just not a, a gold guy in any way, shape or form. It's just not my thing. Um, I don't see it as an investment. Gold doesn't have a job. Gold doesn't make AI. Gold doesn't increase productivity. Um, Southwest fined $140 million for last year's holiday meltdown. They also paid out $600 million to reimburse stranded travelers. The Department of Transportation said the penalty is 30 times larger than any previous fine for violating consumer protection laws. You want to rent or own a home? The average new mortgage is 52% higher than the average apartment rent. Think about that for a second. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Going over the daily show content as I do. I'm going to be doing a series of podcasts during the week of Christmas that I hope you find entertaining. Um, It's a lot of Money 101 for 20-somethings, 30-somethings. It's strategy, and then it's going to end with my favorite stocks. Maybe stocks that are appropriate for me, but not appropriate for you. I'm going to tell you why I like them. I'm going to go over some ideas for what to expect in 2024. It's my big year kiss-off wrap-up show of the year. Um, Do join me during the week of Christmas, as I will not be doing live. I will be doing uh, a week of taped. Again, Christmas is Monday, so it's really only Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Hopefully you're spending some time with your family on Christmas, but the day after I totally get your need some financial junkie news with me, me, me. Um, speaking of some of the news that is out there today that I think is worthy of scratching upon. Um, the S and P 500 is adding to its seven week advance. We're calling it seven weeks of, of gains. Miss stupid. I know. Stocks are rising today as the market maintained the momentum seen during the last seven weeks. Ultimately, the investor sentiment turned positive last week, extending those gains as the Federal Reserve indicated that three short-term interest rate cuts are expected in 2024 amid cooling inflation. The merger between Adobe and Figma was called off. It was a $20 billion merger. That's good news for shareholders of Adobe. As shareholders of Adobe thought it was too expensive. Figma's technology is really cool at making websites. But it's not, quote unquote, AI and AI turned into the buzzword of the year. Southwest got fined one hundred and forty million dollars for last year's holiday meltdown. That's a little excessive to me. They did reimburse and refund stranded passengers six hundred million. I look at flying as a privilege. I do not look at it as a guarantee. I understand that mistakes happen. I understand that safety is more important. I'd rather be grounded for a couple hours if they don't have a flight crew that's ready to go for whatever reason. I know they should have a flight crew that's ready to go, and I know that's why the Department of Transportation is mad at them and gave them a penalty that's 30 times larger than any previous fine. I ended the last segment with rent versus owning a home. High mortgage rates are making the white ticket dreams less attainable. The average new mortgage is now... 52% higher than the average apartment rent. Over a third of home sales last year were done in cash. Mayum Bailik is out as a Jeopardy host, leaving Ken Jennings as the sole answer asker. Um, Hey, add that, add her to the unemployment lines, right? This year, um, buy now, pay later is getting more and more entrenched. Please be careful with us. 
it's really not a regulated product in my mind. And Wimpy from Popeye and olive oil. And I dated a girl who once looked a lot like olive oil or she's tall and thin and lanky. And I, I made the mistake of having no internal editor and said, you know, you kind of look like olive oil, right? Can you give me an O Popeye or an O Robert? And she was not happy with me. Uh, Wimpy was in Popeye and he would always say, gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Um, that's not financial advice. That's horrible. That's borrowing money and eating today and paying for it later. And that's the whole idea of what buy now, pay later loans are all about. We've seen an 8% jump from the same time last year. Americans have over a trillion dollars in combined credit card debt. Average household debts at 8,000. You make it worse by using buy now, pay later services like Affirm, Afterpay, and Klarna. These platforms often have lower interest rates than, say, credit cards. Uh, buy now, pay later platforms are around 21% credit cards are anywhere between 22 to 30% right now. It's tempting, but it's just another way of get big companies getting you to convince you to spend money that you don't really have. 2023 is the year that my streaming bill became more and more expensive. And guess what? I canceled some streaming services. Um, it wasn't one company. It was all of them. Do you remember what streaming was really attractive about? We no longer had to pay for these stupid bundles of cable television. So we we're like, oh, sweet. We can get like a la carte. But then the a la carte started raising the prices. Medium Media giants enacted mass layoffs this year. They rolled out ad-supported tiers. They bundled their offerings. They raised their monthly prices, all trying to be profitable. The only company that really is is Netflix. Apple raised the price of the monthly cost of the services. Apple TV went from $6.99 a month to $9.99, up three bucks. They also raised prices on other subscription services like Apple Arcade, Apple News, and its bundled offering, Apple One. Netflix raised its prices for its basic and premium plans to $11.99 for basic, $22.99 for premium. Disney hiked prices two times this year to $13.99 a month. That's double the $6.99 monthly cost when it first launched. Warner Brothers, Paramount, Comcast, all up the cost. YouTube TV and Hulu up the cost. Adding those all up, and it's basically a dreaded cable TV package. I find that not ironic, but it's um, it's a full twist turn, right? So one loser today is Apple. They're down a couple bucks um, when the market's up. It's not cause of concern. But some news out there like Apple to halt U.S. sales of Series 9 Ultra 2 smartwatches over a patent dispute. As it deals with the patent dispute over the technology that enables the blood oxygen feature on the device, the move comes after an order in October from the U.S. International Trade Commission that could bar Apple from importing its Apple watches after finding the devices violate medical technology company Mazamo's patent rights. Interesting. The reviews under, or the decisions under review by President Joe Biden, One. but Apple said it's preemptively taking steps to comply should the ruling stand. Um, very interesting, but not a financial impact game player. Um, smart people with investing, successful millionaires, they tend to automate and save 20% of their net pay. Saving 20% or more of net pay. I do that by 15% of my 401k, but also I do all my credit card points I turn into investments. And also I have accounts with companies like Acorns, which is an app 
that I throw in a couple hundred bucks. Also do the credit card roundups. Millionaires tend to regularly invest a portion of their savings. It's pretty smart. They also tend to be very frugal. They're aware of how much they spend. Big event coming up in January. It's a pints and portfolio. It's on the website, Rob Black Show. It's in South Bay. Learn more at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Some seemingly bad news is actually good news. A recent study for Eli Lilly's rival to Novo Nordisk, massively successful Ozempic and Wagovi, provides a great, great case in point. You don't really want a cure for cancer. You want a treatment for cancer. I know that sounds really weird. Same thing with weight loss. As a company, not as a society, you don't want a cure. You want a treatment. Whereas if you quit taking the treatment, it comes back. Last week, investors reacted negatively to the news that people regained 50% of the weight once they stopped taking the weight loss treatment. Where that's missing the point. It's actually good news because you stay on it longer. Gilead Sciences won US FDA approval for Savaldi. It was the therapy that effectively cured hepatitis C for many patients. Now, Gilead Sciences also had a lot of combination therapies and drugs that helped treat um, hepatitis C. Once they started curing hepatitis C, their business is to support hepatitis C. Went, it's kind of interesting, not wildly interesting, but I think kind of interesting. Um, there's a lot of lists out right now on the top 10 stocks to buy for 2024. I'm not a big fan of lists that are timed towards the annual number of one calendar turn of the cycle of the earth around the sun. But I get it. Um, some of my favorite stocks for 2024, some of my favorite stocks for 2023. Amazon, for instance. Um, Visa. Uber. Now, again, are those appropriate for you? Probably not. I'm a different beast than you. But I'm going to go over a list of some of my favorite stocks. Not necessarily 2024, but for the long-term patient investor. Many stocks you've heard, like, for instance, NVIDIA. They've blown the doors off this year. And out of the Magnificent Seven, they're the cheapest one available right now. They're trading 25 times next year's earnings. And they're getting 30% growth, which is unlike Apple, which is trading at 30 times next year's earnings, getting less than 5% growth, if any at all. If you strip out buybacks, it's not looking good for Apple. But that said, I own shares of Apple. I own shares of NVIDIA. Uh, I'm always comparing companies to each other to find out which one is the best for me. NVIDIA also has another problem that a lot of people didn't think about. With their stock exploding in the last two years, 18 months, they're having a lot of employees retire or semi-retire. Um, and how is that going to affect their culture and internal tensions at the company? Company stock is up about 1,200% over the past five years. One expected byproduct, unexpected byproduct is... Uh, employees, people who are starting off new, they don't have a lot of money. People have been there for two or three years, five years, have a lot of money. They're stock rich millionaires. Um, and that creates a little bit of discord. Isn't that interesting, right? Some things you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, saving more money 
there's so many ways to do it, right? Um, track your spending, set savings goals, refinance your mortgage, cancel unnecessary subscriptions, reduce your electric bill, um, switch your cell phone plan, which is kind of interesting because I'm kind of set with my cell phone plan because also I use a credit card that the Verizon credit card gives me 4% off on groceries and 4% off on gasoline and 4% off on restaurants. Those are some of my biggest spending categories and it's giving me the biggest percent off. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, during winter, uh, the moment the kids are asleep, I get on my Nest thermostat and I dial it down to 60 degrees and we have a cold house in the middle of the night. Minimizing your restaurant spending is also a great way of saving money. Um, I've got leftovers for lunch today. I don't know about you, but I made some pretty awesome spicy Asian lettuce wraps, uh, which got lettuce into my kids, carrots into my kids, and water nut uh, cashews or whatever they're called, watercress cashews. I don't even know. Um, pretty tasty. Pretty tasty leftovers is all I'll say. Some things that I want you to learn more about are things that you may not know about, like compound interest and how it works. When you reinvest money you earn from your initial investment, the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. That quote is attributed to Albert Einstein, but he never said it. Where if you own shares of Nike or Microsoft or Apple, you own the shares. You don't have to do anything. You just own them. You're a part owner, right? But they pay a dividend and they, they, they give you cash back. Maybe it's 1%, 2% if you're lucky, 3% if you're wildly lucky. 4% is too much. Like, how do you make that much money? So you own a company, then they give you a dividend and you invest that company back into the company. And next time you earn a little bit more money because instead of having 100 shares, you might now have 101 shares. I love compound interest where $1 becomes two, two becomes three, three becomes four, four becomes seven, seven becomes 11 over time. Your money plus interest equals magic to me. Um, I was looking over some old 401ks this weekend. And as I did, I looked at all the dividends and I'm like, wow, look at that. Um, even my small 401k that I forgot to transfer years ago had like $44,000 in it. And I was like, look at that $147 of dividends that I did nothing on in the last 90 days. I made $147 for doing nothing. I thought it was cool. That's a dream. Compound interest works in your favor. Um, insurance and what you need at different stages of your life is super important to really start to understand when you insure, you basically get protection, but you give cash to the insurance company and they take over the rest to protect things that are important to you. For me, I didn't need any insurance other than car insurance as a teenager. As a young adult, I picked up rental insurance and then eventually homeowners insurance but when I acted as an adult, when I had to carry a briefcase to work and got a spouse and got kids, suddenly I, I insured myself for $4 million. Initially, it was $1 million, then I pushed up to $4 million. In large part because from age 30 to 60, I was expected to make about three to $4 million, right? $100,000 a year is $1 million for 10 years. So you do that times three, that's $3 million. So I insured for 2 to $4 million. It's the right idea. Um, 
because I was worried about unforeseen expenses. I was worried about, you know, what if I died? Would my family be secure? Um, so you ensure your health, you ensure your disability, and you get term life insurance. Some other policies that you think about is your car insurance. I don't have mortgage insurance because I've paid 20% of my down payment. Um, I had business insurance for key man insurance with me and Chad, but since we've basically uh, started working with EP Wealth, um, that business insurance has gone away. Life insurance, I only get term life insurance and I invest the rest because term life is cheaper than whole life or variable life. I won't need whole life insurance when I'm 92 and die. My kids will have millions and millions of dollars from my 401ks, my 403bs, my investments, my property. You get the idea. My property insurance is the one that freaks me out the most because I have a pool and a dog. And I'm not really worried about my dog biting like an eight-year-old kid. I'm worried about a baby coming over, being left on the ground, and my dog attacking it because it thinks it's a small puppy or something. My dog's never done that. But that, that could wipe out my wealth. Who could wipe out my wealth? Um, I'm now that dad who's like, don't run by the pool. Because I see a neighborhood kid. And I'm, I'm thinking his head cracks open. I'm like, screwed. You get the idea of it. Paying for college. I think the best thing you could do is use a website called savingforcollege.com. Savingforcollege.com. I think you should do internships when you're in college or work-study programs. I think you should look for grants and scholarships. Savingforcollege.com has a good chance for you to do that. EP Wealth has part of their financial planning package that they offer to all clients. How do you fund your high school and your college expenses? And they actually help you go out and find scholarships and grants. Pretty cool. There's also tax credits that you have to figure out, financial aid, Loans, potentially, whether it's private or federal loans. You know, there's countries where college is free. Sweden, Slovenia, Norway, France, Finland, Germany, Brazil, Chile. I think the United States should have something called 13th and 14th grade, which gives basic skills if people want to pursue it, like welding. Um, if they don't want to go to college and go after a white-collar job, I think we should have a blue-collar blue collar plan for truck drivers, for welders, for, and I know you're saying that's crazy. Is it? Welders make a hundred thousand plus a year. Truck drivers make a hundred thousand dollars plus a year. You can go get a four year degree in business and you can get a $60,000 a year job as a salesperson. I think we should have a 13th and 14th grade in the United States. It's a pretty crazy thought, right? Other quick thoughts for you. Um, Talk to Brad. He's my financial planner, and I fund some accounts to help offset my estate plan tax one day. Um, I fund them into my kids' um, accounts. I'm allowed to give sixteen thousand. My spouse is allowed to give sixteen thousand. So to each kid, we give thirty-two thousand. So for two kids, we can give sixty-four thousand, and they don't have to pay gift tax on that. And Brad's like, I think you should stay diversified with ETFs. And I'm like, I want to teach them the power of individual stocks. Um, you gotta let me have that one because it's not always about winning. It's about teaching of investing in a company like a McDonald's or a Microsoft or a visa and saying, hold this for the long term and see what it does for you. And it was pretty interesting because I was like, Brad, you know, I haven't sold a stock in like 15 years and that's not totally true. I sold Activision and I sold a banking stock that didn't work out for me that it was just going sideways. It wasn't going up or down, but I like buying stocks that I never sell. 
I like buying more of them. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I got a big pints and portfolio coming up in the early part of January in the South Bay. That's a Saturday where I'm going to spend from 1130 to 2 with you, having a couple beers, talking about portfolios. Find out more information at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So if, and this is a big if, you're going to look at the 10 best stocks for 2024 lists that are out there. I'd prefer you look at something like Barron's versus the Motley Fool. Um, I just think you get better professional, more two-sided arguments from Barron's than you do the Motley Fool. I have nothing against Motley Fool. I could say a funny story for you. Back when I, around 96, um, I was very, very young and I shared, I was in the same office they were in. And the Molly Fools were two brothers who have long left the company and they've sold the concept to a bigger company that I think is bastardized what they were trying to do, bringing democratizing investment advice, which is something I've tried to do of letting you, the average person, get some good insights into how Wall Street and money works to accumulate wealth. But Barron's favorite stocks, um, they weren't the Magnificent Seven last year. It, weren't, it wasn't Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, Tesla, NVIDIA, or Meta. I own all of those companies. I own six of them as stocks, and I own one of them as part of the S&P 500, which is Tesla. But I own all the stocks. Guilty. I had a great year last year. Now, my trick is I look at them as businesses and see total addressable markets. Microsoft dominates the enterprise software. Hundreds and millions of people. Amazon dominates retail. Their prime service, 100 plus million subscribers. Alphabet, 90 plus percent of searches. Tesla, 95% of EVs, right? NVIDIA, they own AI at this point in time. Cheapest of the seven. Apple, how many billion of people use their devices and stay in the platform? Meta has got, what, 10 Super Bowls going on and eyeballs every day on Instagram and threads and Facebook. Their Quest 3 is finally ready for prime time, just as Apple's getting ready to introduce the Vision Pro. These guys have cash flow. They've got earnings. They have market share. Now, last year, the big winner for Barron's top 10 favorite stocks was Toll Brothers. They had a loser with Alcoa Miner, Aluminum Miner Alcoa, down 29%. Their list for 2024 includes Alibaba Group, which I really like at these prices. Alphabet, I think it's got a good valuation. Then it starts getting into some names that I don't know terribly well. PepsiCo, it's been oversold with the idea of the weight loss drugs like Bongiorno are going to kill snack food. Americans are going to still eat snack food. Just how much of it do we cut back is the question. On their list is also Chevron, big oil play with a nice dividend. If I were to own Chevron, it would go something like this. I like the dividend. It's 4%. Well, what if oil goes down to $6 or all? I'm like, I don't care. I like the dividend. What if oil goes up to $150? I'm like, well, that'd probably do me well in principle, but I still just like it for the dividend. I've identified I like the dividend. I don't own shares of Chevron individually right now. Um, 
it is one of the stocks I have sold in the last 15 years. So I've sold like three stocks in the last 15 years. One was a bank, one was Activision, one was Chevron. Um, and Chevron, I sold in strength, basically using it as a trade. So it was okay. Um, but when I look at their stocks for 2024, I don't really like Alibaba, but I like the valuation. And I like that it's just getting beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up by it being a Chinese company. Now, I've never been to China and I can't tell you I've ever used Alibaba. So I'm just looking at it at quant level, just the numbers. It's trading 2024 times PE of seven. This is a company that people used to compare to Amazon as the Amazon of China. It's got a dividend yield of 1.4%. I can make a case for it based on quants, but I can't make a case for it based on not product of knowledge. So this is the time of year where you're going to be tempted to look at top 10 lists. Um, the Molly Fools, the funny story that I had for you was we both started in the same building and they sold off their company. And they used to do little pranks to get um, headline news. So they would have a van that had the big you know, gesture on it, colorful. And they would stop traffic in front of my office and sit on top of it, waiting for the TV cameras to show up. And I would be like, what are you doing? I need to get out of the parking lot now. And I was like, I don't need to be caught up in your PR. So I hated them. Not for what they were doing content wise. I hated how they tried to get PR. And they're just like, oh, we're just trying to bring attention to the average investor could, you know, uh, beat Wall Street. You don't have to be part of Wall Street to be, beat Wall Street. And I just hated them. I had so much hate in my 20s. That's all gone now. Just so you know. Throwing that down there for you. I'm in a better place. Um, not a lot of big stories out there today. Adobe and Figma are calling off a $20 billion deal. Adobe issued weaker than expected forecast for 2024. Meta stock is wrapping up a record year spurred by cost cuts. If you learn nothing this year, when Wall Street says we're going to be creating efficiencies, when they announce job cuts, Wall Street tends to like it. So when you hear a company like Salesforce or Amazon say, if you don't come back to work, you probably won't have a job, that might be hinting that they're going to have more profitability. Meta gained 178% in 2023. The bounce back from a disastrous 2022 validates CEO Mark Zuckerberg's declaration of the year of efficiency. As long as the core business is humming along and is kind of improving, investors will probably continue to give them a pass. Shares are up 178% for the year. They're on pace for their best year ever, topping 105% jump in 2013. Who knew that in 2023 you could make the best year ever investment in Meta? One of the things I said when I started this, I talked about the seven big tech companies and how they have, you know, 100 plus million users or they dominate enterprise software, dominate like monopoly dominate. I like buying them when they're 10, 20 percent off from their highs and when they're 40 percent, I consider myself lucky. This is not investment advice for you. This is investment advice for me. You can find me online if you need a referral to a financial planner. I work with one at EP. I'd love to chat with you and tell you what that's all about, what a CFP could do to help you. I think it's the best accreditation in financial services. Drop me an email at rob at robblackshow.com. Check out my website, robblackshow.com, and have a pints of portfolio coming up in mid-January. It's going to be in the South Bay near Cupertino. Um, 
You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.